0: previously on All the Miles Mattered.
1: Coach D, if you saw the guy, the guy was all about fitness, right? I mean, he was just
0: chiseled. Uh, and I think he actually was a bodybuilder when he was younger. Those words are from Lado runner Tommy Hampton. They were part of the most recent episode of All the Miles Mattered. Hampton was talking about his junior high school coach, Phil Zimmerman. This episode features an interview with Zimmerman. Everyone pretty much knows him as coach Z. He guided generations of students, runners and non-runners alike as a PE coach at Pierce and then Webb junior high schools in Tampa. I'll have a lot more about coach Z on the all the miles mattered Facebook page. And you can learn more about the story of Largo, Lado, and the challengers to those programs, distance running dominance by finding All the Miles Mattered wherever you get your podcasts. Before we hear from Coach Z, Lado's Bobby Ennis is going to set the stage for this episode with a brief intro of the coach who was so vital to Lado's success over the years. What was it you think about Coach Z that those guys gravitated toward? What made him
1: special? You ever met him? Only on the phone. There's no simple answer. You'd have to meet him. And if you met him, just the magnetism, the way he would speak, the way he carries himself, everybody gravitated to Coach Z. You try to do this in teaching, but every single person in his class was important to him, and fitness was by far the most important thing in his life. He is the best phys ed teacher I've ever known, by far, not even close. What he did at Webb, he was the best. And I, I really, I tried to copy some of the things he could do, but he's the original. He really is.
0: Coach Zimmerman, how are you?
1: I'm living the dream. How about you?
0: Uh, good. I'm doing well, doing well. I got in about a six-mile run myself today before some uh, thunderstorms came through, so I'm so oh, feeling those endorphins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you for getting back to me. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, sure. So... I want to go back and, you know, explain. I know we had just a few minutes to talk um, earlier in the week, but, but yeah, basically I put out 15 episodes about Largo and Lado uh, oh, that were wow, 15, damn. 15 minute increments because, you know, 15 is the perfect score in cross country. Yes. And if you were a really good runner back in the seventies and eighties, you could run about 15 minutes for three miles. So I decided to stick to that theme and that kept the episodes nice and concise. So that was, done from october to january i put out one a week and then earlier this week i put out two new episodes and one of those one of the the segments in those episodes was was tommy hampton talking tommy about hampton. Yeah. you and how you know it was kind of important uh because Lado and the other hillsborough county schools only had sophomore, junior, senior. And so if you were going to develop runners, you kind of had to have them develop earlier, especially if you're going to compete against Largo, which was a four-year school and was plenty good anyway. So I'm now kind of in my like bonus stage of episodes. Like the true story, I decided to end it at the end of the 80s because that's when the largo Lado rivalry ended. But I thought if people were still up for talking and understood that I'm hoping to record this and then put it out in the internet in podcast form, that I'd love to, to talk to you some. Sure. Great. So I may just ask some questions, and I, I think you'll probably know the answers to most of them because they're not hard, but, um, you know, help me fill in some blanks.
1: <laughs> I, I got to warn you early. I was a very. it took me eight years to get through Tampa U in the PE program, so I'm not the sharpest bulb, but I enjoy it.
0: I doubt uh, that you're not the sharpest bulb, but okay. So... <laughs> And I've read about your uh, kind of trek to Tampa, and I'll ask you to fill in some of those blanks. Um, so the first thing, actually, I want to know is you grew up where? Outside Pittsburgh? Is that right?
1: Yes, in Swickley. Sewickley. S-E-W-I-C-K-L-E-Y. Sewickley, Pennsylvania. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Is there like a famous golf course there?
1: No. In the Pittsburgh area, they had Oakmont and a couple great courses. But no, Sewickley wasn't known for too damn much, to tell the truth. <laughs> Great town to grow up in, small town, but uh, nothing historic. A lot of steel mills and all in the area.
0: Sure. So how did you end up in Tampa?
1: You got a minute? I do. Okay. I was a terrible student in high school. I was a senior class president, all stayed in track, but everybody that was ever interested in me looked at my grades, and they were they were horrible. So I had to... Uh, When I got out of high school, I joined the Navy. After, in my second year on board ship, I was crushed by a large radar unit and broke my hips and severed my sciatic nerve. And I spent seven years or seven months in hospitals in Italy, Germany, and came back to the United States and got discharged. So when I got back to my hometown, I went to the guidance counselor, and I said, "Is there?" I didn't get a diploma. I didn't graduate from high school. I said, is there any college that will accept me? And she looked and said, you can go to Chico State in California or Tampa U in Florida. And I said, okay. So I got in my car and I went to Florida, went to Tampa U, and all you had to do was pass the first semester and you could stay. So uh, I passed the first semester, so I stayed at Tampa U. Wow that's how that's how i got uh to tampa
0: so let me go back what events in track were you an all-state competitor
1: and just the javelin I, i threw the javelin i went out for track my junior year i didn't know anything about it i tried everything i was decent and everything but not too good and then i went down i saw the guys throwing the javelin and i said let me try that and i Always been a catcher in baseball, so had a good arm, and that's basically what it takes. Uh, my coach knew nothing about it. I watched, I think, a thirty-second tape that he had. I must have run that damn thing a hundred times trying to figure out how to throw it. And he started me lifting weights at the time, which was very important for me. And I just improved enough. I got second in the state in the in the javelin. This was in '55, so. Wow! And I, I grew to love track. I really admired, especially distance runners. They were the most disciplined group of athletes, because I also played football, and I was, <laughs> these guys weren't disciplined at all. So I was impressed with the track athletes.
0: Huh. So that's about the same year. It's not quite, but it's about the same year that Coach Haley won an individual state title in New Hampshire in the 880-yard run. I don't know if you knew that.
1: I'll be i I'll be damned because I never met Coach Haley till he till he was a little porky, you know. Uh it was hard to imagine him as a as a half miler.
0: Yeah, he was. He was a half miler. So you go to the University of Tampa. What year is this after your military service and your I guess rehab from the accident?
1: Okay, I think I, I think I got there in fifty eight and had a couple marriages, uh, discovered the beach, and I discovered bodybuilding. I discovered weight training for serious, and I started working in different gyms and became a gym rat and loved the beach uh, and the ladies. So it took me eight years to get through uh, Tampa U. I think school was about third on my list of importance after the gym and, and the beach.
0: Yeah, I could see that, and that leads in so nicely to the next question, because I have seen the cover of that fitness magazine from 1969.
1: <laughs> Strength and health, yeah.
0: Unbelievable. How is it that you and, I guess, your wife then ended up on the cover of the magazine?
1: <laughs> I tell you, we were at the beach, and there was a photographer there who I'd seen at different contests, and he used to hang around the gym. And he said, You mind if I take a couple pictures? I said, Heck no. Uh, he had the trunks. I wore rather regular bathing trunks at the beach, but he had these kind of posing trunks, which I didn't care much for, but I put those on. And my wife always looked good. That was my third wife, and she was smoking. And I said, Yeah, take a picture. So he took a couple pictures. And about a, a month later, Hector Morales, who owned a local gym, who I was partners with in the gym, a little partnership, and he called me on the phone. He said, Phil, you won't believe it. You and Sandy are on the cover of Strength and Health. So, of course, I went down and bought about a thousand copies to send to my buddies back home and my family and all. But it just was uh, like a happenstance. He just happened to be there and uh, wow. get pose
0: but then also cuz i've seen one of the runners this is on the long red row facebook page shared like some of the words and the magazine like the inside the the actual magazine not the cover and it looked like they took some pictures of you also at the gym
1: yes after that we went down to Hector's gym and he took some training pictures and wrote Nice article. It was very complimentary, you know, in the article.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, I I got to learn a lot about you uh, from that. So it was definitely a different—it uh, was a different style of writing to me because I came along later and was a sports writer myself. Not that this is important, but, of course, I, I focused on the words, too, and not just the pictures. Yeah. So, <laughs> although the pictures were, were good to look at, that's for sure.
1: Dick Falcon, the guy that wrote the article, and he sent a lot of stuff in to— uh, Strength and Health and and, uh, Iron Man magazine and all. And there were a lot of guys in the gym that were pretty good bodybuilders, and he got them featured a lot of times. Uh, You had to know a photographer or a writer in those days. You know, if you sent your own picture in, it didn't go far. But if you had a regular photographer, it had a little more weight behind it.
0: Right. Yeah, so that photo shoot just kind of happens out of the blue. You're just at the beach.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and he patrolled the beach. Dick used to walk up and down the beach. He he was an ex-bodybuilder and weightlifter and just uh, decided to take a couple shots.
0: Yeah. Do you know what yeah. beach you were at then?
1: Beer Can Beach in Tampa over by the uh, Davis Island Airport. Okay. On Beer Can Beach, yeah.
0: Switching gears a little bit, you finish up at University of Tampa. Do you then go straight to Webb Junior High, or what's next?
1: No. A buddy of mine called one day and said that he was leaving Pierce Junior High. Uh, Was I looking for a job? I said, oh, yeah. So I went to Pierce Junior High. I walked in, and I got a a pretty serious limp. Uh, And I limped in, and and the principal looked at me, and he said, "Uh, you want a job? I said, yeah. He said, you're the head football coach. I said, listen, I played one year of football in high school, never learned to play, and I wasn't too good. And he said, you're also head track coach. I said, well, I can learn. So uh, that was it. He hired me. And after the first year, I started a weightlifting club there. Uh, We had a hell of a track team, actually won a game in football, despite my lack of knowledge. And at the end of the year, he said, I got to let you go. I said, what the hell do you mean? I do everything at this school. He said, seniority. He said, we're losing a, a PE teacher. So Webb Junior High was just opening. It was brand new. So I went down and interviewed with the principal there, Ken Vinette, and he hired me. So I started at Webb. Brand new school.
0: Did you also coach football any at Webb or, or just track? Oh yeah. Okay.
1: Oh yeah. I coached football the first couple years and well I will say this. We never we never went a full season without winning a game. If I had great athletes, we might win a couple. And at the end of every season, I apologized. I said, you know, if you guys would have had a knowledgeable coach, because junior high, you only got one assistant coach, and you got, you know, 50 guys out there. And I didn't know that much, but I always apologized to them, and they appreciated it. I mean, we had a hell of a – I still got guys from that era calling me and telling me how much fun we had. So – I wasn't too bad, you know, not a good coach, but got along great with the guys and had everybody weight training. That was my big thing, fitness and weight training.
0: So I guess you also taught PE classes during the school day.
1: Yes. Best, and I'm bragging now, but I would say the time I was there, I had a couple other great uh, male coaches. We had the best fitness program in the state of Florida by far, or maybe in the south, we go to fitness meets with high schools, and I was junior high, and we kicked the hell out of the high schools, and one of the high schools that we beat by 400 points was one of the top 12 teams in the nation and got to go to Washington, D.C. for the National Marine Championship. And we had beat the daylights out of them, but we couldn't go because they couldn't recruit junior high guys, you know. But, uh, yeah, we had a hell of a fitness team. And most of those guys were good track athletes also.
0: So approximately, unless you remember the exact moment, um, when did you meet Coach Bobby Ennis?
1: I was coaching cross-country at Lato while I was still teaching at Webb. That year at Webb, I had three runners that broke – four fifty. We took one, two, three in the city. And I was couldn't wait for the next year because I had Rolando Estrada who was a tremendous runner and a, another guy. But the principal at, at Leto decided that she wanted the coach to be on campus. So she gave the job to Wes Newton. I'm sure you've heard his name. I have. Okay, she gave the job to Wes Newton. I knew Wes and we talked and then uh I think Bobby Ennis took it over not too long after that, and he lived in the same apartment complex I did, and I used to run into him at the pool and we'd we'd shoot the bull. And then he started being interested in my cross-country program I had at Webb and liked the guys I sent because they were well-disciplined and just great kids. So we got along, met him, I, I can't remember the year. Yeah, I mean, it's early. probably
0: late 70s. Um, because yeah. he took over, he had been initially the girls coach at Lado, and then did move over and coach the boys. So yeah. So you were coaching their cross country team, uh, in addition to your duties at Webb. That's, that's interesting.
1: Yeah. Because at that time I wasn't coaching football, so I had cross country season off. Right. Uh,
0: so you had to yeah. know about, I guess, um, in that era in the seventies, the rise of Largo being dominant.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Largo was just kicking ass. You know, uh, I'd see guys with T-shirts with state champions, and it took up almost a whole shirt. And I thought, holy smokes, this guy, these guys must be great. And they were. And they, well, of course, well coached.
0: Yeah, sure. So what does it mean to you, looking back on it, to be part of the success of the Long Red Row at Lado? You
1: know what, I... And this is no bullshit. I never took any credit or or thought I deserved any credit. Because in junior high, I had a wrestling program. I had all sorts of things. My goal was to introduce the kids, you know, let them get a little taste of this. And then uh, before they went to high school, then they wouldn't be afraid to go out. But I never realized until we had a principal one time said, you know, you're partly responsible for Leto's success. And, I, you know, I gave it a little thought and I said, well... Shit, I'm sending them up some good raw material anyways, and Bobby Ennis is putting the finishing touches on it. But I was doing my best to send them all the good raw material I could, and they were all disciplined, you know, kids. So, uh, made it a little easier I guess on Bobby.
0: Yeah, it did. Someone actually described that very well. They described it the exact same way in a Facebook post. They said, "Coach Z sent the talent and the motivated runners and Coach Ennis did the polishing." You know? (laughs) Yes. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's the way I I thought about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, We used to have a 12 minute run every month in PE, 600 in a fitness test, all that kind of stuff. We have junior high cross country meets, and the coaches didn't get paid, of course. Some meets we'd have 150 kids. Coach Weiss, I don't know if you, you know Ken Weiss, coached at Hillsborough for years. They won the state decathlon championship. He had tremendous track teams. Uh, He would have 30, 40 guys. I would have 30, 40 guys and girls. And we have meets on Saturday morning. Didn't get paid. We'd buy the trophies and ribbons ourselves. You know, we were just interested.
0: Yep, you definitely cared. And I see that. I see how it's different. That's one of the things, you know, the podcast kind of addressed. So... I know there's a lot of names that I could bring up that I believe you, you know or recall. For instance, do you remember Chris Duggan when I say that name?
1: Oh, yeah. Chris and Danny, his brother. Great, great runners. Uh, good ha- I think both were outstanding. I think they won the county, each of them, in the half mile. Yeah, I sure remember. I think him.
0: you said something about like hearing a split being called out when Chris was running.
1: Yes. Every nine weeks we had a fitness test and one of the uh, events was the 600. So Chris was in Miss Parker's class. I'm standing on the basketball court and she's running them in a 600, about 50 yards away on the track. So Chris is running in one of the heats and he comes by the 400 meters and I hear her yell, 51. I said, "Oh my God, 51!" And I wish I could remember what he finished in. But he blew the 600 record off the off the wall, and not too many 600 runners in high school at that. Well, I didn't run the 600. I guess maybe indoors they run it. But he could have held his own with probably any high school runner in the 600. He smoked that first quarter in 51. I said, "Oh man!"
0: Yeah, so he's like a ninth grader when this happens, or maybe maybe right. even an eighth grader. Yeah,
1: eighth eighth or ninth grader. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's really fast. So. Oh yeah. Now it's time for a very short editor's note. Chris and Danny Duggan were both standout runners, but they never won a junior high 880 title. Chris Duggan went on to finish second in the state in high school at Lado, behind teammate Joe Goldstein in the 880. Both Chris and Danny Duggan were part of school record relays at Lado and at Webb. So I'm going to bring up some other names. Staying kind of in that era, but maybe a little earlier, um, Joe Goldstein?
1: You know what? I just was talking to my lady friend today. I went out to see her and talk, and she ran at the same time uh, Joe Goldstein did, and we were talking. Yeah, I think he's, he still might hold a mile record at Lato. Uh, incredible. Uh, he won the county half mile and mile for Webb when he was running for me. Just an incredibly gifted runner. And a very, very smart young man. I think he became a lawyer, but I won't swear to it.
0: That is correct. Uh, He did.
1: Okay. He did, yep. And likable. You had to love the guy. Uh, And he was a ladies' man, handsome as hell. Uh,
0: (laughs) That's great. Um, How about this name, Jeff Chapman?
1: Jeff, yes. Another great guy, Jeff. I would see... I think Coach Ennis would tell me the miles he would walk or bus to get to practice. And in later years, I think he was in the service. He would come to uh, Lato and always bring a new pair of running shoes or so. And if Coach Ennis didn't need them, he'd give them to me. Tremendous, very likable young man. Yeah, I love Jeff Chapman.
0: Yeah. Um, Dennis Moody.
1: Yeah, Moody went, went to Webb. Really good distance runner. We had a track meet at Robinson High School one day when he was at Webb, and some local hoodlums were jumping off the top of the building onto the top of our bus uh, trying to rattle us, which they did. But Dennis had his window down, and he looks out, and somebody punches him through the window. Uh, and guys were terrified because these were high school guys pretty big. and uh, But Dennis was – I don't remember – his times, but I think he also won the county. I think every year we had a distance runner that won the county, but Dennis was one of them.
0: Exactly, okay, Um, Joel Biter.
1: Have you got a minute for Joel? I do. If you took a hundred students and put them in shorts and took their shirt off and ranked them as far as what you thought they could accomplish, Joel is either 99 or 100. One of the worst physiques known to man, okay? His knees were probably bigger than his thighs. His elbow joints probably bigger than his upper arm. I got him in PE uh, as an eighth grader. First fitness test, he did a pull-up. One of the worst pull-ups you'll ever see. He had me for two years. His last fitness test, uh, his ninth grade year, he did 19 pull-ups. Okay, and I'm strict as hell. He did 19 pull-ups, and every one was a struggle. Every one, you want to say, that's enough, Joel, stop. And he got 19 good pull-ups. To this day, I remember and I wonder, and I thought to myself, you can't look at a guy and judge his athletic ability. This guy had more damn heart than 10 people put together. Also, we had the 12-minute run every nine weeks. He did eight and three quarter laps in 12 minutes and set that was a school record. Every step he took was torture. I don't know if you've ever heard of Emil Zatopek.
0: I have, yes.
1: Okay, he won the 500 or the 5,000, 10,000 and marathon in, uh, in one Olympics. And he had the worst running style in the world. Joe Biden had the same style, just working, working, working every step. And he set the school record a 12-minute run. Joel Biter got more out of his body than any human being I've ever heard of. Incredible. And then he passed away, I think, his junior year.
0: Yeah, it was definitely Uh, around, it was before the 86 state championship. He would have been a senior on that team that won the 86 title.
1: I'll never in my life forget that. And Coach Ennis asked me to talk at a long red row get-together, and he called me. And I said, I'll talk about Joel. And I went in my room to think about it, and I started crying. And I called Coach Ennis back up, and I said, Coach, I can't do it because I'm going to break down. And then I said, you know what? Man up, for God's sake. So uh, I did, at that reunion, I I was able to to talk about Joel. The most, well, I won't say the, one of the most incredible young men I've ever met. Yeah. By far.
0: Sounds like it. Now, you might see this guy on TV, but do you remember him from web perhaps, Dan Lucas?
1: Oh, I see Dan on I forget what channel he's on. Uh
0: WFLA, yeah.
1: WFLA, yeah. I watch the news and he comes on in the sports and he also I think he uh he does the Bucks. I think he covers the Bucks. Uh, I didn't know Dan that well in junior high. I don't think he was that good a runner in junior high. Coach Ennis must have lit a magic uh, spark under him because he did well in high school.
0: He did. He, he led Lato to the 88 state title, and it, he was motivated by losing the 87 state championship to Largo.
1: I think at that moment, I decided I didn't want to lose to Largo ever again.
0: That was a clip from late 1980s long red row captain Dan Lucas. You heard that clip in episode 15 of the show. Here's the rest of the interview with coach Phil Zimmerman. You mentioned, you know, speaking about Joel Bider at one of those Lato reunions and I've seen some photos of you with the guys. What does just being able to have those relationships kind of long term mean to you?
1: You know what? I got a son that teaches in LA and he loves teaching. And I loved it when he tells me stories about kids coming back years later and bringing them things or or, uh, emailing them and thanking them and all that kind of stuff. And I I tell him, I said, you're not going to be rich teaching, but what a pleasure, what an enjoyment when I go to Publix to go shopping or, or I go someplace and somebody will yell, Coach Z, even if they weren't runners, even if they were in PE, and they thank you. You know, and I was a hard son of a gun. No, I was a kick-ass. I mean, every day, everybody lifted and ran and pull-ups and rope climbs and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I kicked their butt. And some of them didn't care much for it at the time, I guarantee. But they realized I was doing it for them. You know, I wasn't getting any glory out of uh, giving them all that work. But they did it. And they look today, and they see... I had I built bench presses, squat racks, uh, all that kind of stuff, pull-up bars, nothing. They took them all out. I had thousands of pounds of weights that we lifted. They got rid of all of them. You can take PE online. <laughs> yep. I, went, I used to go and talk to Coach Ennis' uh, weightlifting classes at Steinbrenner. And one of the kids raised his hand and said, we can take PE online. I said, bullshit, you can't take it online. He said, yes. And it's true. You know, I wouldn't have made it 10 minutes today. 10 yeah, minutes because, you know, that. a kid did something. If you were late for class, you did 25 or 50 to walk in the door instead of going to the office. And they did them. If they couldn't do 50 in a row, hell no. They'd do 10, 10, 10 like that. Right. If you didn't shower, you did 30 push-ups. So everybody went to shower. A couple guys didn't. They wanted to do 30. Fine. But you can't do that anymore.
0: Yeah, that's true. It is different. Um, One thing I want to ask you about, are you aware of the time, because Coach Ennis was kind of beside himself at this, and this was in the 90s, did you ever hear about the time that some Leda runners in the middle of a race got into a fight with some Seminole runners? No. Well, it's a crazy story, but it happened in 1994, and and Coach Ennis basically did what? Stay tuned for the rest of that story on a future episode of All the Miles Mattered.
1: I appreciate you, uh, the interest, because I love those guys and had such a good time and it's a good, a good part of my life, uh, you know, an enjoyable part of my life working with those guys.
0: Thanks for coming along for the run and thanks to Coach Phil Zimmerman, Coach Z, for his time with this episode. We'll talk to you again soon.